0: Hello, welcome back to Shadow on the Water. It's been a while. I was uh, away on pilgrimage, and I had a crazy adventure at the end of my pilgrimage. And I'm uh, uh, just thrilled to be back because, actually, God was teaching me this podcast while I was on pilgrimage. So it's uh, actually really good that things happen the way that they happen Hallelujah. Hallelujah. so I'm just gonna cut to the chase but this is what God really spoke to me about in our on our last pilgrimage it was a uh, Profound. Um, it was actually a very difficult pilgrimage for me personally. There were lots of graces and fruits. But, um, uh, and when I think back at these moments of just power and of real um, sort of heaven touching earth moments, but the pilgrimage itself was also shrouded in a lot of difficulty for me, which is sometimes the case. Sometimes it's just pure glory. Sometimes the Lord is like posturing my heart and having me surrender and having me um, um, walk forward in faith even though it's not as comfortable. And uh, the word that came to my wife for me uh, when she prayed for me after the pilgrimage was, lest you forget. Lest you forget. Isn't that wild? And uh, it was just a real difficult pilgrimage. There are so, so many times that things just work out so well for me they just work out and um so many blessings and it's like i feel like i'm walking on water a lot of the time the way god just provides for things and and shows the way and opens doors and but you know if you don't value what god is giving you you can lose the joy and you can lose like sort of the efficaciousness of it like you you don't you stop receiving the 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 meat of God's love you can you can start to forget that he suffered for us that Jesus paid a great price and then you can start to to devalue Your own dignity that God would value you so much that he would suffer for you If you forget his suffering If you forget the great gift that he's given you if you start to become entitled and become a little bit immune to it then you will devalue you end up devaluing yourself because Jesus values you so highly that he went to the cross for you. And it's when you kind of are able to comprehend the the great price that he paid, you know, the great um, gift of himself and the, what he suffered so that you could be free. If you forget that, you're going to forget how important you are. And... Um, so it's like, I, lest you forget, I had a hard pilgrimage and it, the Lord kind of let me feel what life is like without his constant gifts and blessings. It's like he spoils me all the time and, and he just, just relaxed that a little bit. So, you know, I had a moment, a moment where I was getting something out of a bag. And I put my hand in the bag and my nail split right up the middle. And it hurt so bad. And like, probably about a third of my nail just came off. And it was bleeding all over the place. Little things like that. And I, but it, these kind of things happened to me kind of one after the other, after the other, after the other. So it wasn't just like one thing happened. I mean, it started at the very beginning of the pilgrimage. I was, people's flights were getting canceled. And I'm on the phone trying to figure the, their flights out. And I'm on like two phones or I'm, you am and I, I had, Got some popcorn for me and my family, and I had set it on a seat. And I stood up. We're waiting in the airport. We're in the you know waiting for our flight to take off. The very beginning of the pilgrimage, and I walk away just as because I'm pacing a little bit because I'm a little nervous as I'm trying to figure out uh, a flight for somebody, and I'm getting other calls of people's flights going haywire. And this just usually does not happen. There's usually just so blessed all of us, just such a wonderful entry into Medjugorje. And I'm just like, what is that going on? I turn around and this guy walks up. Picks up my popcorn, throws it in the trash, and then sits down in my seat. And I just was astounded. He didn't know. He thought it was that somebody had left it behind because I took a few paces away. And then he saw my face, and he said, oh, my gosh, was that your popcorn? And I said, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You know, But uh, it was little things like that that just happened one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And uh, instead of feeling that blessing, I just I almost felt like I was cursed. (laughs) And um, that continued through the whole pilgrimage. It was difficult for me. Now, great grace flowed on the pilgrimage. There was wonderful things happening for the pilgrims and for my family and and for myself, too. There were moments of great grace. I got to go attend the apparition. I felt Our Lady so close to me. And I felt her... um, speaking deeply to my heart some very beautiful things. But then, you know, it's in the midst of all these other things. And I'm just so, and at the very end of the pilgrimage, I was, um, I was graced with uh, the inflammation of my appendix and had to be rushed to the hospital and have an appendectomy over there in Croatia. And it was awful. <laughs> and I didn't feel the presence of God. I didn't feel the closeness of heaven through it. I felt completely abandoned. And it was a very, very difficult thing for me. Um, And I'm not going to go into why. There are more reasons. But I heard one phrase, one phrase from the Lord as I prayed in the middle of all of it. I need you weak. That's all I heard. I need you weak. And so, and then, you know, more things went wrong. I went back, I got a hotel just to recover for a couple days so I could then make the journey home. And every, so many things went wrong at the hotel. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I just was sitting in the, they're trying to recover, exhausted, sweating, and in pain. And just so confused. And I just had that one phrase, I need you weak. And you know what, I'm gonna t- I'll be honest, it's postured me in a, in a position of really, um, there's just been a lot of joy and a lot of peace ever since the pilgrimage because I can feel whatever I was carrying, however I was strengthening myself that wasn't Jesus, it was a false 11 or whatever it was, is gone. And that place of weakness you know, like St. Paul says, I boast in my weakness because when I am weak, I am strong. I feel the leaven of Jesus, and it's wonderful. Whew, and a lot of miracles have happened since the pilgrimage, but I need you weak, that line. Okay, so I'm just going to rewind. when as In our entry into Medjugorje, as we were starting the trip, and I had forgotten about this, but, but I found it in my journal. It's amazing. I had written down in my journal, next podcast, Mountains and Valleys. I wrote that on the first day of the pilgrimage. And this is why. Because as we were driving in on the bus, I was captivated by the mountains and the valleys. Just captivated by it. This is what I saw. I saw the mountains kind of like the roofs of the houses in Medjugorje. Because in the old days, they would hook they would they built a gutter system onto their roof that would then channel into a cistern so that they could capture all the rainwater, the whole surface area of the roof, all the water that fell in a, when it rained on the roof would then channel into one spot, into the cistern, and then they would purify that and use that as their drinking water. That's the only way they had drinking water in the old days, because the communists didn't give them um, any infrastructure because they chose to stay Christian in that area. So they were kind of ignored. It was a very poor area, and, but their roofs were the square footage. So imagine if you put a, a, glass, a glass out in the rain, and then you collect as much rainwater fell just in that little surface area of the opening of the glass. You're going to only have so much. But if you are able to collect it from a broad uh, surface area, all the water, you'll have a lot more water, right? So that's that's how they channel water into a cistern. And this is what I was seeing, just how the mountains, because I know this is generally true, the mountains are all this raised surface area. Plants grow on the mountain, and then they die and decompose and uh, compost and become soil, right? Fertile soil, so when the rain falls, it's because of the elevated uh, mountains. Because they're raised, the rain then washes all of that fertile soil down the mountain and it collects in the valleys between the mountain. So the valleys end up becoming a concentration of fertility. And it only is that way because they're surrounded by mountains. If everything was flat, whatever plant grew in that spot would fall and decompose and and compost or whatever and become soil. And it was just whatever was from the, the 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 concentration of, there wouldn't be a concentration of fertility. It would be kind of evenly spread, right? But because there are mountains, you have a concentration of fertility in the valleys between them. It came back to me as we were driving in, and I was just like, wow. It just captivated me. There's something about it. I felt the hand of God on it. The fact that there there's mountains and valleys. And it just started to touch my heart about how... In life, we have mountains and valleys. And how important that is. It concentrates the nutrients and the potential for growth and for real um, vibrancy in the valley because there are mountains. And, you know, we we describe things kind of like a, a pilgrimage is like a mountaintop experience. And then kind of like a low point would be the valley, right? kind of back at home, or or a point like where things are going wrong. That's a real low point. But there's an incredible uh, grace happens in those low points, those points of suffering, right? Because God is shifting and reposturing you, and he's teaching you, and he's uh, He's almost preparing you for the more that he wants to give give you that that you might have become a little bit immune to okay, sort of, so if my life was just flat ground, like it had been for a while, just like you start to become immune, and you start to kind of control the amount of joy, and you have a little more control, you know, you start to, uh, and I don't I don't want to say become entitled, but you start to forget the great value of all the gifts that have been given to you, and then, uh, that mutes your thanks, your praise and your thanksgiving, so when you go on a pilgrimage, you have this high point and that's kind of like to feed the low point because everything from the high point the higher the elevated ground washes down into the valley right and then the low point is where incredible growth happens and, um, and it wouldn't have that concentration of growth if it wasn't for the high point point. and so I'm thinking like wow how important is it for God to lead us through high points and low points instead of everything just always being the same. And it just captivated me. Mountains and valleys. Okay, so fast forward. End of the pilgrimage, my, our 25th wedding anniversary is this year. So um, I had brought my whole family to Medjugorje and we were taking a few days at the end of the pilgrimage and uh, we stayed by the sea in a place called Broce, um near Medjugorje but on, on the Adriatic Sea. And uh, on our last day there, a waitress at a restaurant had told me there's there's this shrine to St. Michael and that I should try to go find it. So I was on a, a mountain bike riding into town to get some food or do something at the grocery store. I guess I was going to pick up something. And as I was leaving, I felt the Holy Spirit tap me on the shoulder. Go find that shrine. So I pulled out my phone and I looked where it was and I just kind of followed the map in that direction. It ended up, it's in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness at the top of this Goria, which uh, in Croatian means like taller than a hill, smaller than a mountain. That's why Medjugorje, it's called Medjugorje. It's Meju means between or among, and Goria means taller than a hill, smaller than a mountain. So um, I go and I as, I, as I'm looking for the shrine, I kind of got lost. But as I was kind of praying, as I'm riding the bike, and I'm riding up this dirt track in the middle of nowhere... I had an image of like a black viper. And I had this image that as I was approaching the steps of the shrine, there was this black viper. And it was going to bite me. And it was the enemy attacking me because he was angry. And uh, I just thought, wow, that's a... It was a real vivid image as I was praying. Well, lo and behold, as I got to... When I finally found the shrine, right as I'm walking up to it, this black snake slithers across the path right in front of me i couldn't believe it and i was like wow i just felt the the recapitulation of that image you know the like this is real and so i kind of carefully went by that spot and went up to the shrine and i sat there at this little chapel in saint michael of saint michael up on top of this mountain and i just sat and prayed and some really important things came to my heart um it was really uh it was very uh it was a point of arrival, let's just say that. So then I, I took off back down the mountain. Um so fun riding the bike down that mountain. I was just like flying. And I rode back okay, it's a couple miles to get back to our um place, our Airbnb where we were staying. And uh and then I went water skiing and I was having a ball. But my stomach was starting to feel sour. And then uh that night we were walking into town for mass and my stomach Got so painful I couldn't even move, and I ended up on a bench in the in this small town of Brotzen could not move, and they ended up rushing me to the hospital, and I had an emergency appendectomy. So, my family flew home. One of my daughters stayed behind to help me to uh, to recover for a couple days, and then fly home. And um, uh, it was very difficult, but on the very last day of my recovery time. I was in the hotel and I'm watching Croatian TV, and there's only one thing with that was in English, and that was Joyce Meyer. <laughs> it was CBN, you know, the Christian Broadcasting Network, and there's Joyce Meyer. So as I'm watching Joyce, and she was just giving a wonderful message. It was just beautiful. It was really touching my heart. And I needed it so bad. I was starving. This is on a, a Tuesday. I hadn't eaten since Saturday, and um, I'm recovering here. I'm in the room, and I'm. And she starts talking about Joshua chapter 1. So I look up Joshua chapter 1. There's this incredible line there. God is telling Joshua he's going to give him the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And he says, literally in Hebrew it says, every place that the palm of your foot treads, I am giving you. So it's like, Joshua, he's telling Joshua, you have to go in and you have to actually walk through the entire land. You can't just get the whole thing without actually walking walking it. You have to walk everywhere where the palm of your foot treads. That word for tread is darach, uh, darach, uh, and it's um, the word derek means way or path. Like the paths of the Lord are straight. In Hosea, the paths of the Lord are straight. On them the just walk upright, but sinners stumble. So it's like your path. Everywhere the palm of your foot travels its path, you could say. Like the path of your life, you know. where Everywhere the palm of your foot treads, I am giving you. It's like the Lord saying, I give you authority in the areas of life that you actually walk through. It's very interesting. Like if you think people who have certain ministries, um, there's a guy this guy named Todd White and he has a great street evangelization ministry. And he'll evangelize like drug dealers and um just you know, uh people on the streets, um, who are of any different rank and position and he has he's kind of fearless to do it. But he all he was a drug dealer at one time. So he has this sort of authority because the Lord saved him from that life that he was walking in and um and so he has an authority there if if that makes sense or somebody who's like healed of cancer um sometimes has an authority especially when there's a healing their faith level is so high in that area that they carry an authority there they've walked that the the suffering and the terror and the the, uh, imminent death of the cancer and then they were healed by jesus and they have such a f- high faith level they have this authority and they often when they pray for other ca- people with cancer they get healed i prayed for a lady and f- for M- her ms and she was she's had huge healing since we prayed and she's now prayed for, for she told me of one other person she prayed for who was relegated to a wheelchair someone who had ms and they got out of their wheelchair so it's like she has an authority there right so there's this Joshua chapter 1 every place your foot the palm of your foot treads I am giving you. And he's talking about the the promise line. He's telling Joshua to go over. It's it's so beautiful, it's a beautiful scripture. Then I I was reading through scripture and found another spot where he's ta- says, he says uses the same phrase. Everywhere that your foot tread the palm of your foot treads I am giving you. And that was in I think it's Deuteronomy 11 And as I'm reading through there, he says, the Lord explains why the uh, promised land flows with milk and honey. I've never seen this before in scripture. This absolutely blew my mind. So, first of all, the land is flowing with milk and honey. The word for milk in Hebrew, it means fat. So it's the same word describes the fat portions that... Abel uh, brought to the Lord in that first sacrifice, when he was sacrificing to the Lord, and the Lord recognized Abel but ignored Cain, okay? Those fat portions. So it flows with the fat, (laughs) with the choice portions. It also means milk, okay? Um, And with honey. So think about this. uh, when When Adam sinned, God said that the earth is now cursed, It's by the sweat of your brow that you'll bring forth bread from the ground. He said the ground will bring forth thorns and nettles. Isn't that wild? It's going to resist Adam and bring forth thorns and nettles. But here God is actually bringing the chosen people into a land that flows with the fat, with the choice portions, and with honey. (laughs) It's just amazing. Um, the word for flows, it's the same word used all throughout Le- Leviticus um, when they describe uh, if you have some kind of issue in your body, like some kind of discharge and how it makes you unclean. So the discharge of this land is milk and honey. <laughs> Isn't that wild? It's like, wow, um, this land is like just so fruitful. But he explains why it flows with milk and honey in Deuteronomy 11. He says, it is not like the land of Egypt where you had to irrigate the way you do when you plant a vegetable garden. Imagine this. In Egypt, it's flat, right? And um, they would plant a garden and then they would channel water to it and they kind of have control. They have control over the watering system. and uh, But the ground's flat, okay? He says, it's not like that. The land I'm bringing you into is a land of mountains and valleys. Oh, my gosh. This is the last day of the pilgrimage. And I remembered, oh, my gosh. I remembered being overwhelmed by the mountains and valleys on the first day of the pilgrimage. And I looked up in my journal, and there it was. Next podcast, mountains and valleys. <laughs> I'm just going to read this scripture to you here. This is Deuteronomy eleven eight. 8. Through uh, 12. You shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today, that you may be strong, and go in and take possession of the land that you are going over to possess, and that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land that you are entering to take possession of, it is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come where you sowed your seed and irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, or mountains and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So, here, this, this, this phrase, a land that the Lord your God cares for. What this reminds me of is this line in Genesis 46 For the Egyptians despise shepherds. So, if you can kind of correlate these two ideas, the idea of, of the, the, in Egypt, where they would sow their seed and irrigate the land and grow a vegetable garden, they had control over the watering. Why? And then this, Egyptians despise shepherds. And now think of the promised land, a land that is of mountains and valleys. So how is it watered? The land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven. A land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it. So it's a land that God waters. Instead of you irrigating it, you having control over it, God waters it. It's his shepherding. God shepherds the watering. God con- controls the, where the the um, the concentration of nutrients are in the valley, right? So that there are high points and there are low points. The Egyptians, they want control. And so there's no high point, no low point. And they despise being shepherded. They despise shepherds, right? For you, I want you to be shepherded by the Lord your God. I myself will watch over the watering, he says. And it's a land of mountains and valleys. And so there's these high points, but they are high points so that they can, all these nutrients can wash down in, so that the low points can be really powerfully fruitful for you. They can be very um, fertile. Gosh, it just blew me away. It just blew me away. Here's the last day of my pilgrimage and I'm reading this and then I look back at that. And then you know what that brought me to? It brought me to then even the name Medjugorje. Medju means among. It's in the Hail Mary. Blagosloviena. T Medjugenema. Blessed are you among women. Medjugenema. Medju among. Um, and then so Medju means among or between. And then Goria is like I said, it's higher than a hill, lower than a mountain. So it basically means a mountain, just a short mountain. Among the mountains or between the mountains and the village is called Medjugorje because there's a mountain. There's Krijavats Which used to be called Mount pomegranate and then there's Podberdo which means foothill, but um, that's what we call it apparition hill and then Medjugorje is in between the two So you have these two hills and a valley in between and I, I, I heard once I think it was Father Slavko talking about how, you know, you spend the day up on the mountains, encountering God there, and then in the evening, everything washes down into the valley for Mass. And everyone gathers at the church. And all of that grace is sort of consummated with the Eucharist. Isn't that gorgeous? In pilgrimage, we're always talking about this mountaintop experience. Now i got to go back to, my, to the real world, you know. But in actuality, the God is the God of the mountain and the God of the valley. He's a God of both. And the reason you have, I'm just, you know, this idea of mountains and valleys is, the reason you have high points and low points is because you're letting God shepherd your life. The Egyptians despise shepherds. But to let God shepherd your life, he is the shepherd of your heart. You know, we often try to do things right. We're on our best behavior, and we're trying to do things right. But you just can't, I've come to learn this, and I need to find some way. This is probably the way that I can that I can prove it in scripture. You just can't do it the right way. You just like you, I mean you you yes you have your will and you can choose the good, but it's like God God is Jesus is the shepherd of my heart, right? So it's like it's really on Him f- for me to be sanctified. It's it's through the Holy Spirit that I get sanctified, and then I grow more and more in line with the kingdom. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It really is. It's not by me. um, Yes, you're fighting the good fight, but it's not by me somehow accomplishing it on my own. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. So I've just learned, I've learned this. You, You try to do it the right way. We really have to lean on Jesus. That's actually how you do it the right way. The more you lean on the shepherd and allow him to shepherd your heart, And he, he, like in Jeremiah 17, he says, I alone search the heart and test the mind. So he searches your heart, he tests you, brings you through little pop quizzes. Uh, Sonia Corbett calls them pop quizzes. And then he invents this narrative for you to travel through in his providence to kind of reposture you, shifts you so that you're different by the end of it when you trust the Lord and you allow him. It shifts you. Is what he was doing with the people in the wilderness, like the the, the uh, Israelites in the wilderness, is he was teaching them that he in the wilderness with hundreds of thousands of people, he can feed them in his power. Or where they thought they were going to have a going to die of thirst, he was actually going to give them a drink out of a rock. And so teaching them his great power and his great love for them. And so they needed to. Encounter it experientially, so that that when they went back to the promised land, because the first time they went to the promised land, they th- they were convinced they couldn't receive the gift, because they had they the people there were too well fortified, so they just screamed and cried. I'd rather be a slave in Egypt than die out here. In the so the Lord told them, well, "You're going to have to wander the, the the desert for forty years." He like came up with a plan to shift their hearts and teach them how he will provide for them and he can do impossible things for them. He's filled with power and filled with love. And those two ingredients mean my success, right? In the face of a Goliath, I'm going to succeed because God loves me so much and because he's so strong. He has so much power. So then when they came back after the 40 years, then, if you remember Balaam's prophecy, it's amazing. He's he's um it 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 all ties in with jeremiah 17 where he talks about the curse is the man who trusts in mankind who makes the flesh his strength that was the israelites before the wandering 40 years and then blessed is the man who trusts in the lord whose confidence is the lord he is like a tree planted by running water balaam then says about the the people as they're about to take the promised land he blesses them and says they're like a tree planted by running water (laughs) isn't that amazing so um, they, they're they now trusting in God. And so what is in Jeremiah 17, when the heat comes, the man who trusts in the Lord is like a tree planted by running water. When the heat comes, he does not see it. In the year of drought, he puts forth leaves that are green and he bears fruit. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So for us to trust God through this this life of mountains and valleys, for me, The Lord was posturing me. He was, you've seen stuff on Shadow in the Water here. We've had our website. But our real start date was July 11th. That was our actual start date. And that was after this pilgrimage. And uh, um, so Laura came on full time. And now we've made another hire since then. I can't wait to introduce you to Nathan. And incredibly, this pilgrimage set me in a place of weakness. It was like the Lord was he, he, he took me on this story of mountains and valleys, and it was a deep valley. It was a, kind of a deep, dark place I went to um, at the end there. It was his shepherding and coming out of that, and then we start full swing, full time, shadow in the water. And I felt such a movement of grace. And uh, uh, within a week of, our, of my getting home, we flew off to Colorado and did a healing workshop Saw some beautiful healings. And I felt so postured in that weakness. I am weak. Jesus is strong. I felt like I could do anything. Because I could do nothing. (laughs) I had to make sure I wasn't walking too much. I had to just rest. I had to, I'm recuperating, right? But I felt the Lord tell me go. So I went. And I didn't have handouts prepared for the parish or anything like that. But it was okay. We had a marvelous encounter there. And the power of God showed up. It was incredible. And I felt like in, in our weakness, God, we give God room to be strong. For my part, to let Him shepherd me. Let Him take me through a story of mountains and valleys, high points that are just glory, and real low points, you know, shadow death, the valley of shadow death. Let Him take me through it and trust Him. The chaplain from our uh, trip, Father Cashin, Sama, he sent me a message after I got back and I was recovering. Um, He said, I wanted to tell you when we were in Medjugorje that any illness you experience from now on is Mother Mary enlarging your heart to receive more graces. When uh, When this was intimated to me, I kind of brushed it off. This is Father Cashin's words. I kind of brushed it off. I was to tell you that some form of suffering from time to time will befall you. And don't be worried. It's God's favor on you. It's meant to purify you, make your soul capable to receive more graces from God. Isn't that gorgeous? It's like saying he's going to take you into a deep valley from time to time, but that's only because he wants the full benefit of that fertility that has been washed down into that low point from all the high points the high points are glory right the lord is just like he's blessed you and you are just riding on cloud 9 but the low points are points where he's expanding your heart it's kind of like i heard it explained this way when you're um when you get a lot of dryness in prayer when you're kind of going through the desert in prayer that God is kind of expanding your heart. In the in the high points on the mountaintop, that's when God's being there for you. He's uh, just loving on you. In the low points, this is a moment when you can be there for God. It's like, yeah, I hate this, but if this is where you need me, Lord, I'll be here for you in in this time. It's like that in prayer, like when you have a great a lot of consolation in prayer. God's there for you in that time. When it's real dry, but you still pray, you choose to continue to pray, it's like you're saying, Lord, I'm getting nothing from this, but it's okay. I'm This time I'm here for you. And in that time, he's actually expanding your heart so then he can come back and give you more. And that's a really beautiful thing in the spiritual life. It's also that way just in our story as we walk in high points and low points. And then everywhere our foot treads is actually what, where God is giving us authority. He's giving it to us. That's just amazing to me. Like, I want to give you all this land, you but you have to walk through the whole land. And when there, there will be resistance, you'll have to fight battles. It reminds me of, like, um, the word one of the words to fight or to devour in battle. You know what it is in Hebrew? It's lechem. You've heard the word lechem before. Lechem means bread. So like bet lechem, Bethlehem, it means, beit means house, lechem means bread, house of bread. But lechem as a verb means to fight. So think of it as almost like, the, the 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 fight like the uh, let's say lechem chayim the bread of life lechem chayim the fight for life. It's like a, a Jesus had to fight to give you that bread. He had he fought a battle with death and he won, and he doesn't fight by knocking people's heads together. He fights by trusting his father. And being obedient even unto death, that's how he fights. Trusting in his Father and being obedient even unto death, death on a cross, emptying himself, and he he fought that fight that you to the last drop of blood that you could have, the bread of life. And our Lady said in Medjugorje somewhere, um, just to go into nature and see how nature fights for life, how worth this is me now, how worthwhile life is. If you look at it, the forest, the trees fight for the canopy. The gift of life is, is the greatest gift God has given us. It's in the first first paragraph of the catechism. God created man such that he might, something I'm paraphrasing, but that he might share in his blessed life. That he might share in his blessed life. And it's just worth it. It's worth it to walk the promised land, the land of hills and valleys, meaning God is the shepherd, right? He's the one who's shepherding me. I don't have control over the irrigation system. I have to trust in the Lord for the water that falls in the mountains and creates streams and springs and all that. And But he, he waters. I have to trust him in that. And there's going to be high points and low points. The low points are going to be filled with fertility because of those high points. And... He's shepherding me and everywhere my foot falls, he's giving me and there's going to be resistance, but he's fighting the battle alongside me. He wants me to go into battle, but the difference is he wants me to trust him that he's fighting the battle with me. I'm going up against an army I could never beat, but he's with me. And so I'm actually going to win. So this, it's worth it. It is worth it. So that, that fight is not a fight where we're going and punching people in the face. It's a, it's a fight where we're, trusting in through the mountains and the valleys and the high points and the low points trusting him or trust in the Lord it's the fight against the flesh the flesh wants to say sorry I don't trust you anymore I want to do it my way it's so worth it you're gonna conquer God will conquer he will conquer he will shepherd you into victory he he's actually shepherding your heart he's posturing your heart I can feel the difference pre-pilgrimage and post-pilgrimage the Lord wanted me weak. I was just getting a little bit... I don't know. I'm not going to say... I'm not going to pass any judgment on myself. But I feel the difference. And to allow him to shepherd me, he tests my heart. And he actually wanted to unburden me. I feel like I was assuming too much on my shoulders. This points towards um that uh, scripture, Second uh, Corinthians 12. Uh, chapter 12, yeah, Second Corinthians 12, when St. Paul says, Because of these surpassingly great revelations, in order that I not become conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Uh, you know, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, so if we think of it as like, you know, because of the loftiness of the teachings, he's going to start thinking he's, he's better than everybody else conceited, but that's actually not what it means. He was given a. Th- I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And then he he says, you know, like three times I asked for it to be taken away, and like Jesus' response to him is, "My grace is sufficient. My power is perfected in your weakness." So that word for conceited, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. The word in uh, Greek is huperairomai. Hooper is hyper. Hyper means to overextend, and iro means to lift or carry. So in order that I not hyper, overextend, iro what I'm lifting or carrying, I was given a thorn in my flesh. See the difference there? In order that I not overextend what I'm carrying, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Why? Because Jesus is my shepherd. I'm not the shepherd, Jesus is my shepherd. He's the one who lifts and carries. In Ephesians 2, he says, um, We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, prepared for us from of old, that we might walk in them. Prepared, like the works have already been prepared before before the mountains around us were created, that we might just walk in them. Um, it reminds me of also of like um, John of the Cross, Talking about how, like, when we receive the love of God, when He touches our heart, we have this consolation. Like, immediately you're, 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 you swell. And then He takes you through these sort of low points, these valleys, or these, like, He calls it the dark night, right? He takes you through these little dark nights in order to, lest you might forget, you know, lest you might forget. Um, Like that, Annie, where the Annie gave to me, uh, um, so that you'll be able to receive His love without swelling, without starting to overextend what I'm carrying. Hooper (laughs) Iromith, or um, I become the shepherd, right? So I have to, I have those glory moments on top of the mountain. I need to also, those are to make very fertile these low points where I'm actually growing in freedom because when I can let God love me without me swelling and and putting the schwer and the on myself then when I when I can let him love me without doing that it frees him to just pour love on me more love on me more and more and more because he just wants to spoil the heck out of us uh, if you, if, on Mary TV you might see um, Father Ray uh, father Ray Donahue he um I w- I've visited him before, and as I was with him, all the and we're just talking and he's just, he's just glorifying the Lord and talking about our lady and all the things that she's done for him. It was amazing. I, just walking around his his house and seeing the way God has blessed him, I was astounded, and I almost it looked like God and our lady, you know our lady as his mom was just like spoiling him. And she almost seemed embarrassed, like, the way she just pours favor on this guy. And I, what I saw was this. He's so humble. It doesn't mess with his ego. It doesn't f- um, inflate him. And so he gives God, he unchains God's hand so that God can just pour more and more favor on him. And that's God's great joy is to just be able to love us and exalt us and honor us and build us up, right? And just... He loves us and pour his treasures into us the father's great joy is his great pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's us who take the kingdom by violence, right and it's like the Lord has to it's like we chain his hands and he's got to take us through it a little valley like he had to take me through, lest you might forget, lest you might forget, so that then I can just recognize the great gift that all these blessings that I usually do not give thanks for, you know? Like, how often do we give thanks for the, these amazing things in our lives? We have incredible things. In fact, even the sunrise. on God's book, it's a its a cosmic event. It's a, a moment of glory. It's a moment of power, and it's to remind us that his mercies are renewed with every morning here comes the sun again to shine on you with the with its favor with it you know it's like the symbol of the love of god and then it's symbolized in, in flowers soaking up that sunshine it's just this beautiful uh, symbol of prayer and god and communing with god and how it brings us life and then what do we do we are so worried about i don't know politics or about the state of the world or other things, we've forgotten about the sunrise. The news doesn't report on the sunrise, right? (laughs) Most people do not give, I mean, you might, if you see it, you might, oh, that's great. But do we look to the Lord and praise him and thank him? I mean, when you have, what do they say? When you have thanksgiving in your mind, it cannot coincide with anxiety. It's going to be one or the other. Either you, you have thanksgiving or you have anxiety, but you can't have both. So to give thanks to God and praise him because of the, you know, lest you might forget. Lest you forget, Mike. He just gave me new eyes to see all the blessings and see just how much he suffered for me and then has has valued me. It increases my value in my own eyes because that guy up there valued me enough that he would go to the cross for me i mean so these mountains and valleys are just really really important and I, I tell you the truth it my jaw hit the floor when i saw that this is why it's a it's a it's a land flowing issuing you know its discharge is milk and honey <laughs> like if it if it has a disease a pus that's running with all kinds of it's it, it it's secreting milk and honey it's a land that is just so voluptuous with its fertility this is why because it's a land of hills and valleys a land of mountains and valleys and he is not like egypt where they despise shepherds where they control the irrigation this land God Himself watches over the water. Amazing, and He says, uh, He says, you know, if if you are hearkening to My commands, I will send the water. But if you turn away from the Lord your God, then I'm going to hold back the water. So it's, He's like saying, I'm going to shepherd you, and because you, when you let Me shepherd you, you're just your the discharge from your sores will be milk and honey (laughs) whereas the rest of the land brings forth briars and thorns right because of sin in this place that i'm bringing to you flowing with milk and honey because of the mountains and the valleys so i just i'm so excited to share this with you guys 50 minutes I, i know i'm driving this point home but it's really really important and um We don't suffer to suffer. We suffer so that we can receive the more that God has for us. Like Father Cashin told me, he's expanding your heart because he wants to give you even more graces. Uh, It's like the guy in John chapter 9 who was born blind. And they asked him, is it because of his sins or the sins of his parents? And Jesus says, neither. It's so that the deeds of God may be done in him. Meaning Jesus showing up and healing him. If we go through a period of suffering, it's only to come to know God as healer. So healing is on the horizon. You know, our lady said in Medjugorje, she said, um, offer up your sufferings and, and your crosses, like give thanks to the God for them and offer them up. And then I'll be able to distribute the healings that God has given me to distribute to you. Isn't that amazing? So it's not, justice ever it's so that the healings will come that's why but allow those valleys because great growth happens there and trust him through them so i'm just going to leave you with that i bless y'all um you know when i'm speaking i know i kind of go on and on here at times but i just you know you open your heart to the lord and let him speak to you because he resides with me he dwells in me he's called me that he said, "Michael, in my own prayer, you are my Mishkan." In Hebrew that means tabernacle. Shakan means to dwell. So it's my it's a dwelling place. A Mishkan, it's a tabernacle, it's a place, a tent that you dwell in. And in the in the in the in the Ohel Moed, the tent of testimony, was the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And the Lord said that to me. You are also God's tabernacle. You are his dwelling place. He said, if you obey my commands, Jesus says this, my father and I will come and make our home in you. We will come and dwell in you. As profound. So as you're listening to me, whatever I'm talking about, turn your heart to the Lord and let him minister to you because he's, he's out here among us even though there's a recording you're listening to. He is here among us dwelling, and he's the one that ministers, right? So I just pray that you you are blessed when you listen to the podcast, that Jesus just blesses you, pours his blessings on you, opens your mind, ministers to your heart, and speaks to you even about things that I'm not talking about. Whatever he opens your mind to. The, The important thing is that we're together. That's the important thing, is that I'm here and you're here, and then Jesus can minister so I just bless you with that in Jesus' name, and I can't wait for next time. So uh, remember to donate. We have a donate button on our homepage, shadowonthewater.com. You might be listening to this podcast somewhere else, on Podbean or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or something. But go to shadowonthewater.com. Go to the donate page. We need your support. We really, really do. Um, it's uh, 100% tax deductible, 501c3 nonprofit status so donate to shadow on the water we're doing wonderful things we pray with uh, the way we we begin our day our work day is um we get on zoom and pray lead someone through inner healing every day it's amazing we see freedom and miracles happen every single day and then we do workshops for healing workshops for prophecy it's all for the upbuilding of the church for the demonstration of the gospel shadow on the water is here to go to the church and hand her her identity back give to her what she already has okay take her to the place that she already is you know the enemy convinces we have to somehow travel to some place that we're already at we have jesus we have everything Yes, we're in exile, but we are in exile with the Holy Spirit. Our, as a friend of mine put it, it we live in the estate of God's love. We don't live in the grand estate of, of heaven at the moment, but we live in the estate of God's love. That is heaven. It's here and now. And uh, we're kings and queens of this of this kingdom. And we at Shadow of the Water want to just hand that back to the church. We were in Colorado and just kind of, uh, just last week and we were um, kind of renewing minds. They have a, a team there, a wonderful team of beautiful people that want to pray for healing for folks. so we just train them in just the basic five-step model for for physical healing and we kind of give them some renewal of the mind in their identity and in um, the prop and in propagation of the gospel and praying for healing. We had a healing night and we saw awesome healings. So I'll share more about that later. Um, beautiful healings and you're gonna see videos on the site of other testimonies of of physical healing just miraculous physical healing right in front of our eyes and uh, it's this demonstration of the gospel but please support us because the work we have is really important and we are starting a a division of Shadow in the Water that is for global missions to go out Um, you know we're going to Cuba um, with my good friend Deacon Fred and uh, uh, our hope and our desire is to go to Africa, to go to Egypt, to go to Israel. We have um, we have connections and we have open doors, but we need support and we need funding. And we want to bring the gospel and we want to just demonstrate, pro- proclaim the gospel and demonstrate it in power. So help us do that by uh, supporting us. Jesus bless you. shadow on the water.